You're listening to Art and Magic, and I'm your host, Devin Walls. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today is the third installment of this three-part mini-series conversation all about style development. So you don't need to listen to these in order, but if you want to make sure that you're getting all parts of the conversation, go back and listen to the last two episodes, but you don't have to listen in order, so you can do that after this one. I have to say, it's been really fun for me to put these together. I love talking about style development, which you can probably tell by now. And that's because to me, style is kind of everything. Like the way that we push our work forward and develop our voice is is kind of everything. You know, on the one hand, I think when we think about style, we tend to think of how something looks, you know, the language in which something is communicated, the visual cues that maybe tie somebody's work all together. And that's one way to think about it, which I think is helpful. But to me, the truth is, is that style is born out of the essence of our work, meaning it should be a byproduct of what our work is about and who we are as an artist. If you take anything away from these three episodes, I hope it's that, that style runs much deeper than how something looks. And I think even just bringing on that perspective is going to influence how you make choices about your style. So that also being said, you know, Given the way I think about style, there's so many aspects of style development that I could have touched on, but it was really important to me to pick aspects that were more nuanced, maybe less talked about, less obvious, um, and that were actionable and that you could bring into your process. So I guess that's also to say that these episodes are not exhaustive when it comes to developing your style, but I hope they can just be additional to what you're thinking about and trying out in the studio. So before we get into today's episode, which I'm very excited about, I want to remind you about the style development workshop series I'm teaching called Unique. If you've been listening, you've definitely heard about it at this point. But if you're listening in real time, the enrollment is closing on Friday, the 22nd. So this Friday, that's just in a couple days at midnight PST. And we start on Saturday, the 23rd. So this workshop series is for artists who are at any level. You could be just starting out and wanting to, you know, identify your voice for the first time and start to understand what actually is you and your work. Or you could be a little farther along and wanting to bring in more substance, meaning, start creating with purpose, and maybe bring a little bit more focus and cohesion to what you're making. Wherever you're at, the content in this series is designed to help you get on track for your strongest direction and make your work as you as possible, whatever that means for you right now. I was sharing um, about this on Instagram the other day, but you know, when I was first starting out and I was trying to find my voice, I really didn't realize all of the aspects that needed tending to that actually create strong work. I was seeking them. I saw other people doing them, even though I didn't know what they had or what they were doing that I didn't have. And when I went on a journey to learn what those things were, it changed my trajectory. And so I really created this series to be everything I wish I would have had when I was trying to find my voice and trying to make my work as strong as possible. So you're going to learn about subject, content, your aesthetic, you're going to weed out your influences, you're going to learn how to translate your ideas that aren't necessarily physical or visual yet into your very own language. 
You'll learn new ways of coming up with ideas. You'll identify what themes are most important for you to work with. And most importantly, you're going to do this in a community that's really supportive um, and a space where you'll be able to receive actual feedback on your work. That's another thing that has been so important for me as I've been developing is getting reflections from peers and mentors that I trust. There's no replacement for that. Um, You can only do so much in a vacuum. And I think it can be hard to find spaces that are actually welcoming um, and positive and that are going to leave you feeling more confident than when when you entered. And that's really what I've created here and was really the feedback I got from students in the last round. Last little note, I've had tons of questions about timing and I can't make all of the workshops live. And I just want to add in here, you don't need to make all the workshops live. They will be recorded. You will get the same value from watching the recording. The main part you want to be able to attend live for are the small group meetings. All that information and the options for those time slots are with the link in the show notes, which is where you can also grab your seat to register by Friday at midnight. Okay, let's get into today's episode. So for today's episode, it's it's a fun one. We're going to talk about ways to find inspiration, new ideas, and most importantly, how to identify themes for your work that will really stick. I think that there's lots of information out there about getting inspired and moving past your blocks. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Don't worry. But I think that it's one thing to get a new idea, to be inspired, to find a shape, to bring something new into your process. That's all very energizing and helpful. But it's kind of another thing to cultivate or land on something that has substance, that that grabs you enough that you can work on it for a longer period of time. And to me, identifying that has pushed my work forward more than the former. You need the former. You need the play. You need the sparks. You need the ideas. Um, But I think at the core of that, if you don't have an awareness of finding things that can really sink their teeth into you or you can sink your teeth into them, you, you might have this feeling like, oh, I get bored with my work easily. I jump around a lot. Um, I just can't decide what to work on. Kind of like that flailing feeling where you don't feel as connected to your work. And finding things in my work that I feel connected to has been the key to honestly help, help me create cohesion, um, to stay focused in my direction, and to be able to stick with what I'm doing for a longer period of time. Now, that's not always necessary. Of course, yes, room for play, room for jumping around, yes to all of that. But I think a lot of us get to a point where we want to have that more focused direction. And so if that's you, um, I think you're going to enjoy this episode. And if you happen to be blocked, just like need some ways to get new ideas, there's going to be some of that too. So it's like I said, it's a fun one. So I'm going to present 10 ways to get new inspiration and find themes that will stick. Um, But one last little note before I do that. When we talk about staying energized, inspired, and, and connected, I think that's important, connected to things of substance, I have found that it's a dance between both of the things I was just talking about. We need the substance. I think I just made my case for that. 
But if we stay too much in that realm of like, it has to be serious, it has to be meaningful, I have to be connected to this thing. I think that's another way that we can create a bit of a block for ourselves. So I think it's also important to have tools in the toolbox for finding nuggets of inspiration and like the whimsical little shape that makes you happy. And there's a way in which these things weave in and out together. And hopefully that becomes apparent as I go through the list. But I kind of just want to put that idea out there that I think the like the best chance for success in the inspiration and idea department is a dose of seeking meaning and connectedness and also being loose, playful, leaving room for happy accidents and experiments. Everything is nuanced. There's no one answer to everything. And I think that's what makes being an artist kind of like the wild, wild west. Okay, let's get into the 10, 10 ways to get new ideas. Okay, so the first place to look for a theme or new idea or piece of inspiration is to look back on your why. Why did you start making art? You know, we all started somewhere. There was something that drove you to that paintbrush or that sketchbook or whatever. What was it? Where is your work coming from? What is the origin story? Why are you making work now? This isn't necessarily a place to get an idea for a shape or a color, right? We're, we're going to talk about those in a bit. Um, but I think as a place to search when you're starting to ask the questions like, what do I want my work to be about? What are the themes I want to work with? You need to know the answer to this question. Maybe it's going to come about in your work. Maybe it's not. Um, but I think part of having a strong style is like knowing where we're coming from. So answering the question, I make art too. I started making art X amount of years ago too. You might be surprised what you come up with and what that sparks. Okay, the next place to look is looking at your own past work. What has been your trajectory? Now, depending on how long you've been doing this, maybe you have five pieces, maybe you have years worth of work. It doesn't matter. I just want you to look at any of the work you've made. And if you don't have a lot of work, even looking at some of your stuff from childhood, I find that to be so fascinating. Like if you have any of that still around, uh, you'd be surprised what tendencies and themes were maybe even coming up for you then. Especially if you feel like your work is scattered and torn between many styles, this is a really informative exercise. So I want you to look at all of your past work and I want you to make a list of what it all has in common with each other. Even if seemingly at first glance, it looks really disconnected. Is there a feeling that it all shares? One color that you use over and over? Maybe you tend to be like hyper-focused on details or maybe it's all really loose. I want you to just, even if it feels really difficult, find a couple things that are a common thread. I'll also add that it's very, the key to doing this by the way, is to gather up photos and visuals. You can't do it in your head. You're not going to be able to see your work objectively. You're not going to remember all the little details are there. So make a little session out of it for one. And for two, once you start to identify these themes, it's more just information, right? It's information about what's natural to you. And that's why I say this is good for those of you who might feel scattered or pulled in a lot of directions because you might feel like none of your work has stuff in common, but I guarantee you that it does and that you're drawn to these different styles, maybe for similar reasons. And once you can bring those ideas to the light or those reasons to the light, you might be able to start intentionally using them. Okay, suggestion number three 
is to make a list of all your interests. Even if it's just a mental list, that's fine. Um, But you are a multifaceted person. You're not just an artist. I assure you that you have to deal with many other aspects of life, (laughs) for better or for worse. And I'm also sure that you have other interests and things you love outside of art. I think something that helps work feel really full and gives artists a lot to work with is when they're very curious about the world and have many things that grab them. So what are those things for you? They might not be so obvious at first. Um, Are you like a really big family person? Do you have kids? Is being present for them super important? That counts. What kind of books are you drawn to? Do you listen to podcasts? What kind of music do you like? What kind of shows do you like? What sort of things grab your attention? Do you have hobbies? Do you play sports? Like this list is endless, right? Think about everything you've done or consumed in the last year. Um, All of this is going into who you are as a human and as an artist. If there's certain interests that feel particularly strong, that could be great fuel for your work. That might make for a great area of research, which we're gonna talk about in a second, or a great theme. It might also inform your work in a more backdoor kind of way. Let me give you an example. Um, One of my loves and interests is dance, which I've talked about a lot because I just restarted this year. And my work doesn't really have anything to do with dancing. Um, Dancing is a thing that is just for me. But if I were to take that piece of information about myself that I love to dance, I can see ways that it connects to the kind of art that I make. I love dancing because it's just purely fun. It's like a party. It's like me getting to have a good time. And I think that that knack and love for fun and lightheartedness is actually something that's very present in my work. Um, I love my work to be magical and fun. And it's that same kind of feeling I'm communicating in my visual art is the same thing that's drawing me to go to dance class when I'm not in the studio. And so I think another way you could do this is make a little bubble map and draw connections between all of your interests and loves and just see what sort of themes prevail. Those themes might be subjects, that you use in your work. This is, by the way, this is getting a little bit complex. This is the kind of stuff we get into the workshop, but since I'm on the roll, I'm just gonna finish the thought. Um, The things that you're discovering might either be actual subjects in your work, so making work that is about the concept of fun, or they might be a way that you express your language. And the second one is more what I'm talking about in my work. I'm expressing what my work is about in a way that is whimsical and fun. So that's a little bit more about my style and my aesthetic. So there's tons to go off of here. Clearly you can get wild with it. Um, But since the theme of this episode is just like getting new ideas and looking in places that are going to have substance, I think any new idea, however you want to take it, is a win for all intensive purposes. Okay, so that last one is a perfect segue into number four, which is research. Never in my life did I think I would be saying the word research with so much like joy and enthusiasm, but this is not your uh, this is not your run of the mill social science boring ass research that you never wanted to do. This is a place to get so much juicy and might I add unique fuel for your style and for your work. So this can mean a lot of different things. When I think of research for my art, I usually think of picking a topic or a theme that I'm interested in 
and then reading about that thing to give me ideas for how I might communicate it. So in 2020, I did a series called From Here to Nowhere, and it pretty much ended up revolving around ideas of utopia. And so something that I researched for that, particularly as I was coming up with the titles and even just aspects of that that I wanted to depict, I researched all different ideas of utopia throughout history and different cultures and like classic stories. And honestly, it when I say that out loud, it sounds like I did something like really academic. Um, Wikipedia, totally sufficient for this kind of research where you're basically just using it for fuel and inspiration and it doesn't need to be like cited or exact. So take yourself down a couple rabbit holes. I mean, like if you love a certain kind of tree or a psychological concept, or um, like a certain kind of architecture, building, or even a color, like researching the history of colors, all of that can can bring you somewhere that is going to be very unique to you. Um, I highly recommend this, especially if you're feeling stuck for ideas of what you want to create. Okay, suggestion number five. This is the first one. Um, that's going to be a little less intellectual and more of a way to get ideas in a hands-on approach, and that is to do studies. Studies are ways of trying out your ideas, maybe from some of the answers that you gleaned from previous questions, maybe not, um, but working out those ideas in lots of different ways. So remember at the beginning of this episode, I said getting new ideas and finding directions that stick is often a combination of looking for things you're really connected to and being playful and bringing in some trial and error. This is more in that latter category. I think this is particularly helpful if you're looking to move in a new direction. Uh, I recently did a post on Instagram where I shared pieces of work from the past like five years going back to 2017 just to show like how my work has changed and whatnot and in order to create that post I had to go through years of photos on my phone which was quite the headache Um, and also like iPhoto on my computer and something I found really interesting as I was getting this zoomed out view of all of my art photos is that the years when I made the biggest changes in my work are also the years that I did the most studies. So like in 2018, 2019, like half of the year's work were just studies. And I think that that allowed me to bring these new ideas I was working with intellectually into my studio, but start to work out how I was going to bring them into a piece. Sometimes it takes time to take a new idea, even if we know that we're connected to it, it feels good, it takes time to like work out aesthetically how we're gonna integrate that into our style. And of course, the way in which we do that is A, something we're gonna talk about in the workshop, um, and B, like there's a lot to be said about that. But I think the most important thing we can do is just trial and error, Um, get used to working with the new idea, see what sticks. And studies are such a great way to do that, especially because um, oftentimes you can sell those studies, which is what I did during those years as like a a cheap way for, for people to access your work, which is another topic. But case in point, once you start bringing an idea into the studio, usually it's going to start to take many different shapes. 
And this is where we can get a lot of aesthetic inspiration. You know how it goes, right? Like one thing leads to another thing. And if we keep following those things, suddenly we have some new vocabulary entering our work. Um, And I think that's the magic of making a lot and how making actually is, of course, a huge factor in our style development. So take the time, do some studies. Okay, so on this note of play and like working with our hands, my next suggestion is that you try out a new medium. This might be a medium that you actually end up incorporating into your work, or it might not be. But when we change up our medium, because we're a beginner, we like, we have to approach it with a beginner's mind. And that inevitably, I mean, can bring some frustration. So the key is not to take it too seriously. Um, But if we can make it fun, or especially if we pick something craft-based, it, it allows us to bring a sense of play. Sometimes we can get so rigid, I think especially with painting, honestly. Um, we can get so rigid in how we're supposed to do something or the way we've always done something. But when we try out a new material, our brain has to think in new ways. I've been playing with clay recently and I've gotten so many ideas for my paintings. Um, things, ideas that have come not necessarily because they have to do with clay, but because my brain space was like freed up enough to think about my paintings in like a more subconscious way or a less attached way because I'm not like trying to force out an amazing painting in this moment, yet I'm still engaging with art and my themes and my process. So even if this just looks like a craft night for you, I mean, hey, spooky season, paint some pumpkins, bake some cookies. (laughs) Holidays are a great time for this. I think this is a great method to implement, especially if you're feeling stuck and you just need to do something different to get that next idea. Okay, number seven, I think we're on. I really love number seven and here's why. I think it's kind of a combination of these two energies that I'm talking about. So the intellectual, the analytical, searching for substance, something that will stick, and the playful, and is gonna use your intuitive side, And um, yeah, I'm going to focus on aesthetics a little bit. So by now, I bet you're on the edge of your seat. And let me tell you, it's profound. It's an intuitive Pinterest board. (laughs) But okay, before you think you've heard this before, let me explain. So step one is to make an intuitive Pinterest board, meaning you pin images that you're just drawn to, you just like. They can be of any theme, any type. It doesn't matter. I think the wilder you allow yourself to get and the more varied, the better. Then I want you to go through and look for your common themes. Are you seeing a common theme here? I I love looking at common themes. (laughs) What do these images have in common? Are they fun? Do they revolve around food? Do they all have a certain color? And like, because this is a Pinterest board, maybe you're not going to be able to find Um, commonalities between all of them. But even if some of them have commonalities, I want you to just list what those qualities are, whether it's like what it is of, you know, is it a piece of art? Is it a landscape? Is it, um, is it a travel location? Um, Look at the colors, look at the aesthetic, look at the mood, look at the feeling it gives you, all of that. Just like make a long list of words that you are seeing coming through on this Pinterest board. I think that this gives you information about A, your interests, and B, your taste. We haven't talked a lot about taste yet in this workshop series, 
And that's for two reasons. Um, one, I just like had to pick and choose. <laughs> two, I think taste is, is already talked about a fair amount. And three, again, we go way into it in the workshop series. However, taste is very important when we're talking about style. So you have to know what your taste is. And I think if we're finding our style, we're still learning about our taste. So the more exercises you can do where you're identifying the commonalities, you're identifying your interests and what you're drawn to, that is all information about your taste. And then you wanna take that information and infuse it back into your work. So let's say you look at this Pinterest board and you're like, huh, there's a lot of celestial vibes. I mean, they're not all photos of the stars, but there's something otherworldly about them, something spacey. Clearly, I'm referencing the time I did this exercise. (laughs) Um, How can I bring that feeling more into my work? How can I make otherworldliness and celestial vibes part of my aesthetic? Um, Another good question to ask yourself is, is am I already doing that? Like, do I already include that in my work? oh, I am including it, but just barely. I could make it a little stronger. Or I am including it, but I just never even noticed that about my work. And now that I notice it, I can really double down. If you want to take this Pinterest board to the next level, what you can then do once you have your list of words is then go on a hunt for all the things that remind you of that theme. So let's take my example of Celestial. I would then create a mood board Um, titled Celestial, and I would look for images that speak to me in that way. So now it's like we're really whittling down our interests, our taste, what that means to me. And then you kind of just can repeat this exercise over and over until you come up with some things that feel really true to you. Um, And then you want to go back into the study suggestion and start bringing it into your studio and into your practice um, with your actual materials and just see what comes about. Okay, the next suggestion can be applied to an artist at any level, but might resonate most with somebody who is a little more intermediate and is maybe seeking a new direction that has substance. So my suggestion, what number are we on? Suggestion number seven. I've lost count. Number eight. I'm sorry. Suggestion number eight. The suggestion is to zoom in on something specific from previous work. Um, I think this is a great method for when you're turning the corner and wanting to start a new series that is different than things you've made before and yet still connected to what you've made in the past. In fact, this is the main thing I do now as I like move from series to series or project to project. What I do is I look at what I recently created and I ask what Part of that is still interesting to me. um, And how could I carry that a little bit farther? So my last body of work was about childhood and claustrophobia. And a lot of pieces took the shape of rooms. And when I look at that, the rooms are still interesting to me. But I want to do them in a different way. So then I would say like, okay, what part of the rooms are still interesting? What do I already feel like is done that I want to let go of? Um, And what new story could I tell? Or how could I look at this from a new perspective? So you can see how like the theme is continuing. There's going to be a connection. But I'm also not going to paint the same paintings over and over again. Once I start to come up with answers to those questions, I might 
return to some of the suggestions that I've already made. I'm probably going to research. I very well could create a Pinterest board. And I am, in fact, currently playing with a new medium. Um, so you can also see the ways in which these suggestions can work together. If you're a newer artist and this feels like more of a stretch because, you know, you're, you've been jumping around, you don't have like a clean trajectory of work, I think you can still do this. I think with individual pieces that you're making, you can still ask the questions like, what would I be interested in still exploring in another piece, but doing it in a different way? And I think doing that repeatedly um, is what builds cohesion. I think when we're starting out, it's more common to not work in series. And I think that there's lots of artists even farther along who don't work in series, and that's totally fine too. But if you're in the beginning stage where you're making just like one-off pieces and trying something different each time or like more often, I think asking yourself those questions is how you might start to see common themes build. Okay, suggestion number nine. This one might be a little abstract, but I'm going to trust you guys to take it on. Is to ask questions about your work and open yourself up to the answers. <laughs> I know that sounds really a little cringe, um, but it actually can be very practical. So let me explain. I find getting specific about what you would like to improve on in your work or what you would like to find the answer to or bring more of to your pieces can be really helpful. So maybe you want to find a new color palette. Maybe you want to find a new mark to work with or a new shape. Like when you look at your work or you're going in to create your work, you might be craving something. You might be you might notice like, mm, there's a lack of diversity in my marks, or I would really like to find a new subject to paint, but I just don't know what. So I think identifying that is the first step. Um, I'm going to use myself as an example because <laughs> I don't have anybody else. Um, but right now, my work has gotten to a place where I'm using little symbols, um, and that's kind of new for me. And it's really important to me that these symbols aren't just arbitrary. I mean, they kind of can be. Like if I just like something, I'm not opposed to including that. But my preference is to have a little bit more of a reason. And so um, you'll see like rainbows in my work, keys, chains. I'm starting to maybe use the happy face. And I feel like they're a little overused. I'm like, okay, I need I need some diversity in my symbols here. I would like more more things to work with and lean on. So identifying that is step number one. And then I kind of just let myself be open. Like I let myself be open for something to come about in a show, online, in a book, in real life. And I keep my eyes open for that thing. And then just the other day, I was walking out of my studio in the car, parked right outside, had big dice hanging from the mirror. And I was like, yes, dice. That is so 90s and nostalgic and symbolically it works a lot with what I'm making work about right now. Dice, this is the missing symbol. And it was a great moment. And one of the best things about this method and that story is that it feels so me. Like I know I didn't take that from somebody else. Even if I later down the line see somebody who has tons of dice in their work, I'll know that we got it from different places because this was totally my own process and my own moment, which feels important to me. Um, this is a bigger conversation, but really feeling like 
your elements are your own is is so helpful and and should be that way. So I love this method. Please use it. Okay, number 10, perhaps the most powerful suggestion is to get reflections and feedback on your work. Other people are able to highlight things about your work that you maybe would have never thought of. And they're also hopefully able to validate your intentions that maybe you didn't even realize you had. It is so helpful to get out of your own mind and have a conversation out loud with somebody who isn't you. You know, I've said this so much, but it's so hard to do this in a vacuum. Um, Getting reflections on your work can be so energizing and somebody could say just the thing you need to hear to be like, you're right, I do do that in my work. That is a theme. I like that about my work. In fact, I actually think in the back of my mind, I'm doing that on purpose. Let me let me now go into the studio and really do that thing on purpose and see what happens. You know, maybe this can be in a more formal setting like the unique workshop or like just an art group that you meet with. Um, it can also be somebody coming into your workspace or just showing a friend some pieces in person. I don't think we get the same kind of reflections on Instagram. I mean, we can if we directly ask for them, and that can definitely be a way of of approaching this. Um, but, you know, the, the other form of this that I'm thinking is when I have a collector or a friend come into my studio, and I'm not even necessarily asking for feedback, but I'm just, I'm able to see what they're drawn to, and I'm able to see them, like, share their feelings or interpretations. And I can honestly say those have been some of the most pivotal moments in my work. Um, When I was first, not first developing, but I was torn between many styles and I had them in my studio and I had a friend come in who wasn't necessarily an art person, but he had good, um, like a good sense of style and aesthetics. And I remember he just looked around and he said, those, like, you should go that direction. That's like very clearly the strongest direction. And for some reason, I just believed him and it just allowed me to drop all the other styles that I was experimenting with and kind of just move forward. But I don't think, even if I intuitively knew that that was true, I I don't know if I would have gotten there on my own without somebody else coming in to honestly validate my own thought. I know this can be like the scariest thing in the world for some people, but my best advice is to A, um, maybe don't show your work or do this with people who have no sense of aesthetics and no interest in art. Find some people you trust um, who have some sort of art mindedness, even if they're not like a curator or an artist. Um, Beyond that, I do encourage you to seek out a formal group. Um, There's free groups available. Like I've said a million times, we're going to be doing this in the unique workshop. Um, You can even DM like a couple artist friends that maybe you've made acquaintance with on Instagram and get together and just provide some reflections. There's so many ways to go about it. And once you start, you'll probably realize how seriously important it is to just your experience as an artist and getting new ideas and finding the themes and directions that will really stick. Okay, I hope a couple or at least one of those suggestions in there was helpful to you um, that sparked an idea that you can go run with and just like bring some new energy and maybe a bit of a new perspective to the ways that you get inspiration and make decisions about next steps in your work. 
This is by no means an exhaustive list. Um, these are just the things that I've used the most and have worked for me. If you have other things that have worked for you, I would love to hear. You know where to find us on Instagram at Art and Magic Podcast. Please leave a comment um, under this episode post or like send me a DM. If you would like to support the show, the best way is to share the episodes you're listening to on Instagram and don't forget to tag us and to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, If you would like to get information for the Unique Workshop Series, which starts on Saturday and enrollment is closing Friday, October 22nd, like two days from now, again, all that information is in the show notes. So I hope you've enjoyed this conversation and series about style development. I'm sure it is not the last time we're going to be talking about this topic. Um, Doing this series gave me so many more ideas for episodes I would like to do. So that is all coming. I will add as a little note that we're going to be taking a little break from the show after this. I'm not sure how long the holidays can tend to get a little crazy, but the show will absolutely be back. It could just be a couple weeks or I might see you guys in the new year. I doubt it will be the new year. I don't think I can stay away from that long. I'm sure I'll drop in at least with an update. So I'm sending you so much love through the fall season and the holidays if I don't talk to you before then. And until next time, I'm sending you lots of love and tons of magic.